Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello everyone, this is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. I keep telling y'all, he is on his way back. Can't we tell what's going on in this cold, dark sin-laden world today. Let me tell you, these elites, they think they got this in the bag. Let me tell you, with all of their vaccinations and all of their new world order agendas, these people are crazy. And so, Father, I like to quickly open this up in prayer. Father, we need you. Oh, this world, it is so dark and it's so wicked. Father, I pray for all the lost. I pray for those who keep saying no to you. Lord God, we need you. And Father, with this teaching today, I want to talk about that heart, that heart that is so closed off. Why don't they want to come to you, Father? Don't they realize, can't they realize that we need Jesus, we need a Savior. And so, Father, if there's anything that I can say through today's message that can reach the heart of at least one person, please let it do so, Father. In Jesus' name, I give you all the glory and all the praise and I ask for wisdom and may the Holy Spirit move on me so that I can say a word, Father, a word on your behalf to let the people know we must repent. We got to put away this sin. We have to. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah, I feel a little troubled today. I'm just coming off my little laryngitis because y'all be having me raise my voice. So, I'm going to try to keep it light tone if possible. Okay, so I want to talk about this heart because at the root of everything, it is so much evil. And I'm over there on Facebook last night, right? And I see a posting by this lady. She was saying that how she's not a Christian and there's no heaven or hell and that how she's not going to repent of her sins. She's in her homosexual lifestyle and there she's going to stay. Okay. And so I see people are trying to talk to her, you know, trying to let her know that uh, precious, you need to repent. 
okay? Because you're not going to make it. You know, if you keep with that posture, you're not going to make it. And so she was having none of that. And so I quickly chimed in saying the same thing, you know, trying to evangelize to let her know that, yes, you really do need to repent. And so I guess some were coming at her really strong. And so I decided to take a, a calmer approach because unlike dealing with the church, you know, the false brethren or the over-religious over there in the church, you know, where the hammer got to come out. But when you're dealing with the loss and it's clear that they are lost and you remember at one time we were right in them same shoes, okay? It may not have been homosexual, uh, homosexuality that we were stuck in, but we were stuck in something, right? And so we do understand where the dragging of the feet comes into play. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit said, you know what? Love, like completely show love. And so I was just telling her that, you know, you know, I'm sorry that you feel this way, but honey, you got to repent. You know, um, I know what you're saying, that you don't believe in heaven or hell. You're not a Christian and you're not going to repent. But, you know, uh, please change your mind, you know, because we're all not going to live forever, people. So if we think we got a whole lot of time to get this together or we feel that, you know what, I just don't believe in God. I'm I'm going to, oh, as she said, and I quote, well, I'm just going to live my best life now, and then I'll just die, and then that will be the end of that, and which is not true. That is so not true. That's not the case. And so she was stuck on that. She, I just said, okay. Okay, and I preached the gospel, and it's sad to say that you have to move on, but you really don't want to move on because it's like this person. Please, you got to understand, hell is real, heaven is real, God is real, Jesus is real, Satan is real, demons is real, angels are real. It's like it is so real and we can't see, although we can't see this with our natural eyes, okay, that doesn't negate the fact that there's a whole nother spiritual realm that's in full operation, right, Holy Spirit? It is in full operation. And so that just always leads me back to this heart. In Jeremiah 17, 9, because a few episodes ago, I was doing the teaching on the heart and just how desperately and and how deceitful the heart is. I mean, it is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? And, you know, and that question got answered by the Lord Jesus Christ over there in Mark 7, uh, verse 21 to uh, 23, you know? Um, so 
before I even knew that. I think I I read that, you know, when uh, the person was talking about the Jeremiah 17, 9 heart, how deceitful it is above all things, that it is beyond cure. Who can understand it? Because it is so dark and so desperately and and so wickedly, like, who can understand why the heart is like that? So it's just leaving me with this pit in my stomach that people, hearts are dark. And when they close themselves off to wanting to know about God or wanting to hear anything else about it, because I know for me, in my family, there's a lot of people who don't want Christ. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, I'm thinking DNA. Okay, if it's in my DNA to love Jesus and love the Father with everything that's in me, you mean to tell me that from the loins I come from and those who come from my loins, Y'all don't want nothing about Christ. Y'all don't want to hear no more about it. Y'all don't want to hear me keep bringing it up no more. Y'all really, I mean, y'all really don't want to hear about it anymore. That's it. I mean, that's it, it. Yeah, it happens. It happens. So I want to talk about Jeremiah 17, 9. So Let's just come over here to Jeremiah and let's see again what this heart is looking like. And this heart, I'm telling you, I'm telling you heart, dark heart, y'all got to pull this together because y'all not going to make it. Come on. We, we was not going to make it. Now look where we at. Here we go. Jeremiah 17, nine. Okay. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, okay? The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Verse 10, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due reward they do rewards according to what their actions deserve. <sighs> that ain't looking too good, y'all. I'm telling you. So we need to know what is in this heart and why is it so deceitful above, above all things and desperately wicked? And you know, in the past video, I mean, the past podcast I talked about and we broke down the word desperately and we broke down the word deceitful to give us a huge pictorial of what that dark heart looks like and so if we come over here to Mark 7 21 23 okay to find out the question who can understand it well, Jesus actually answered that because he was doing a lesson, a teaching, 
hold on, to the Pharisees because the Pharisees always was trying to trip him up. And so they were complaining about how his disciples were not holding on to the traditions of men by not washing their hands before they eat, right? And so Jesus was letting them know, first of all, it's not, let me wait, let me go, because he was talking about what defiles a person. Hold on, let me grab this over here. Yeah, because you see, starting at uh, verse 1 of Mark 7, okay, because the Pharisees one day, they arrived at Jerusalem to see Jesus, and they noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish rituals of hand washing before eating, right? And so if we come down to verse 5, so the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious laws asked him, why, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand washing ceremony. Okay. And Jesus said, because you know he stayed checking them. Okay. Verse six Jesus replied, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, These people, <laughs> I love when he says, These people, yeah, these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. They worship. No, I'm sorry. Verse seven, their worship is a farce for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Verse eight, for you ignore God's law and substitute your own traditions. And so then he comes down. Okay. If we go down to let's say verse 18 right okay and so he says um don't you understand either because he was okay let me let me just go back up before i jump down here let's say let's go back up to verse 9 let's go back up to verse 9 so we can pull really pull this all into context so after he was giving the pharisees the business right verse 9 then he said you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. Verse 10, for instance, Moses gave this law from God. Honor your, honor your father and your mother and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. Verse 11, but you say, it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you for I have vowed to give God what I would have given to you. Verse 12, in this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. Verse 13, and so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. Verse 14, then Jesus called to the crowd to come in here. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. Verse 15, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. See, that's that heart we're talking about. 
verse 17. And then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Verse 18. Don't you understand either? He asked. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Verse 19. Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes out into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And verse 20, and here we come to answer the question over there in Jeremiah 17, who can understand such a heart, right? Verse 20, and then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you, verse 21, for from within, out of a person's heart come evil thoughts. Uh-oh, so here we go. Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, death, murder, verse 22, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, all of this is coming out of that heart. And we wonder, how could we understand why it's so deceitful and so desperately wicked? Well, Jesus is telling us why. Because look at all what's in there, okay? Adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, all this coming out that heart, pride and foolishness. Verse 23, all these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So we want to know who can understand the heart. Jesus, Jesus fully understood what's in that heart. Now he just told us exactly what's in there. Look what he said, evil thoughts, sexual immorality, death, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires. Come on now, envy slander, pride, and foolishness. And then we wonder why the people don't want God. Look at all what's in that heart. They need to be reborn. They need to be born again, okay? And that's why I want to talk about the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian who struggles with sins of the heart, okay? Because we just read what's in that heart and, and it don't look good. So when it comes to sins of the heart, there is a difference between a regenerated man and an unregenerated man. Unregenerated people are dead in their sins, okay? They don't seek help. And just like the precious confused young lady over there on Facebook last night and this morning, okay? Because I was going back and forth with her, you know, pleading to her that she needs to repent. But her heart is dark. Her all what we just read out of Mark 7, 20 to 23, that's what's in her heart. And this is the heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
which is so sad that she was speaking out of from. Okay, she's speaking from the Mark 720 heart. Okay, they don't want help. They don't think they need the help. They aren't affected by it, not one bit. Their pride stops them from seeing their struggles with different sins of the heart. She said out of her own mouth, mouth that she is not going to repent. Uh, because she don't believe there's anything to repent uh, from. She don't believe that there's a God. She don't believe that what she's doing is a sin because she should be able to love who's, who she want to love. And ain't no hell, ain't no heaven. So for her, there is no accountability to anybody. Like she said, she's going to do her because she says that she's going to live her best life, I believe something like as the world give it to her, uh, something to that effect. But it's the Joe Osteen's uh, school of thought that they're going to live their best life ever, have all their fun now, and then when they die, then that's, that's going to be the end of that. So she's going to love who she wants. She's going to do what she want to do. And ain't me, nobody apparently gonna make her change her mind. So, like I said, she don't need and they don't think that they need help. They're not affected by it. Their pride stops them from seeing their struggles. Their hearts are hard because of pride. And they love to say as an excuse for their sins, Jesus knows my heart. Now, she wasn't saying that, but you got a lot of people, okay, that think they're going to keep playing these games with God, talking about, oh, well, you know what? Jesus knows my heart. He, he knows that I'm trying to pull this together. No, he do not, because according to Mark 7, uh, 20 to 23, Jesus said nothing about, oh, well, you know what? I know they hard. I know they just making excuses. They just so cute. You know what? <laughs> you know, I'm just going to get them some more time because I know they really want to come to me. Absolutely not. That is not what he's saying. Okay. He's saying among other things, it's foolishness in there. It is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is foolish to say that Jesus knows my heart while you still in your sins thinking you getting, you pulling it together. And you listen, you may be lying to yourself. You may be even think you lying to the person you're talking to, but <laughs> Jesus knows exactly what you're doing and he sees everything. So you're not pulling nothing over him. Absolutely not. Now, look, regenerated people, however, confess their sins. The regenerated heart is burdened by the sins they commit in their heart. Let me tell you, it's something about that that is so very true because it's like once you repented of your sins and you have committed your life to Jesus, like on the for real, real tip now, and 
when you do mess up, oh my goodness, it pains your heart. I can't tell you the pain that I knew better, okay? And God had to give me the business. And let me tell you, I felt horrible, horrible. And then after that, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm so done with sin. That was it. You know what? Yes, Lord, you right. I need to keep my hips over here on the straight and narrow path. It's something about it. That regenerated spirit, man. Oh, when you when you miss the mark going forward, oh, you feel some kind of way. You feel that in your heart. And you know what? And it's like the regenerated person has a greater sense of their sinfulness as they grow in Christ. It's true. And we see our desperate need for a savior. The regenerated person asks for help with their struggles with the sins of the heart, but the ungenerated heart doesn't care. But the regenerated heart desires to be more. The answer to those struggles within a heart is trusting in the perfect merit of Christ. Paul said, who will rescue me? from this body of death. Then he says, thanks, hallelujah, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because let me tell you, the heart is desperately sick, is sick. And if my salvation was based on my performance, then I would have no hope, no hope whatsoever because we sin in the heart daily, right? And so we need to understand that going forward, our motive for the day is to not sin, right? Because over time, we will sin less and less and less and less. And so where would we be without the grace of God. Our only hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in him. And so when we look at sin, when we are confronted with a temptation now, okay, with our regenerated spirit, we don't want to sin anymore. We don't because for nothing else, when we when we look at the cross of our savior what he endured at the cross he he went through a horrific beating okay he was he was whipped with a cat of nine tails that ripped his flesh off his body okay i can't say it enough it was cruel it was demeaning, it was painful, it was exhausting, glory be to God, it was exhausting, don't you know how tired he was, having spent on the night before in the garden, sweating blood, praying, praying that this cup can be taken from him, but he said, let your will be done, nevertheless, Nevertheless, he was exhausted. 
And then to be whipped and flogged and beaten and have his beard plucked from his face, the crown of thorns pierced his skull. Don't you know the physical pain, emotional pain, okay? And he didn't utter a cuss word or nothing. He didn't curse nobody out. He, he, did, he didn't try to uh, defend himself or anything. He only answered those questions that Pilate was throwing to him because he wanted to answer them, okay? Okay? Oh, my goodness. And just... Think about how in the face of all of that, he still carried out the mission to die for the sins of the whole entire world. And for us to continue to have such a dark heart towards him, no, no, we can't, people. We need to wake up. Jesus died a horrific death for us. And so out of gratitude for that, we should say, yes, Lord, you right. I am a sinner. I need to be saved. Save me. Because people look at the end of the day, we are not going to live forever. The Bible says that it is appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. People, I beg you, if you are not saved you need to turn your life over to Jesus today. May today be your day of salvation. You must repent. Jesus died. He was buried. And after three days, he rose again. He is alive. He is alive right now, sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. And from there, he is waiting to make his enemies his footstools. Let me tell you something. Do not let this world fool you. Do not let this world fool you to think that there is no God and that you are not accountable to anyone. You are. Okay? Listen. Whether you get the memo now on this side of the bodysuit, you're going to get it later because the Bible is clear that every knee shall bow and every tongue will declare Jesus is Lord. Okay. You're going to confess that whether you want to or not. It's a fact. And that's the truth. And so I'm going to keep this short. I'm going to keep this real short because Jesus is clear about that heart, okay? And we need to get that stony heart out of our spirit, man, and allow God to put a heart of flesh that's, that's bendable and pliable and want to obey him, that that want to say, yes, Father, cleanse me, strip me, purge me, wherever it needs to be done. Let's get this right now because you don't want to face him as your judge. I'm telling you, you do not. Y'all can be flippant if you want to. Y'all can be flippant if you want to. Y'all can mock and scoff if you want to. It's not going to be pretty later on, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, and your words and that cavalier attitude is going to testify against you. 
once you step out of the bodysuit. So people, I pray that whoever hears this message, please share it. You must repent. You got to stop sinning. You got to forsake all your ways. Because look, let's go over here to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to close with this because we're going to look at who's not getting into the kingdom of heaven. You're not. You will not inherit the kingdom of God if you continue in your sins. Now, look, here we go. This is the New Living Translation, right? So, hold on. Bring this over here so I can see this clearly. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Where are we? Here we go. Do you, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Do not be deceived, okay? Those who indulge, indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality, verse 10, or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these. The Bible says none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Y'all ain't getting in if y'all don't stop the foolishness. You're not. That is why we all had to stop. Listen, no one is, is being uh, judgmental. Listen, we were all there. Because look, in verse 11, okay? Okay, because... Some people think that just because we preach on repentance, that we are such self-righteous and we point in the finger, uh, hello, we barely escape ourselves. And this is why we letting you know that if you don't stop it, you ain't going to make it either. Because look, verse 11 keeps us in check. Okay. Some of you were once like that. Okay, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Okay, okay, that's why we can say, Yes, brother, sister, listen. <laughs> Y'all got to pull this together, just like someone had to tell me and others like me that we need to pull this together because they too were in our shoes on their way to hell like we were. And so now we telling you, okay, because we were there. Listen, this is not a judgment issue. This is a wanting to pull you from the cliff because we see you about to fall over. Okay. Or we see a burning house and we see you in there burning and what we just going to just stand back and be like, well, they should be able to find the door um, by themselves. So we're just going to stand here and see if they can do it on their own. No, we are going to scream aloud, fire, get out, come here, come this way. So this is not about judging. This is 
not about, you know, thinking we're so self-righteous that we never been in your shoes before. Absolutely, we've been in your shoes because verse 11 just told us how we were. Some of you were once like that. Yes, I too was once all what I just wrote, sexual sins, all of that. Stealing, slandering, envy, all of that done that, been there, done that, not trying to go back to the vomit, okay, not trying to go back to the vomit, but I am going to try through the Holy Spirit to pull as many sticks from the fire as I can, glory be to God, may he get all the glory, okay, because all we can do is just water and plant seeds, but it is God that gives the increase, hallelujah, so people, I implore you this day, repent of your sins, lay down your wickedness and your unrighteous lifestyles, and come to Christ, he will forgive you, his blood was shed on a mercy seat of God in heaven so that when he made atonement for your sins, you can be reconciled back to the Father and have your sins forgiven no matter what it is, no matter what it is, come to Christ, okay? Okay, think outside of the box. Don't put Jesus in this box um, that he can't possibly forgive you of whatever your sin you think is so great that you can't be forgiven of. That's that's your trick bag, okay, that you need to come out of, okay? You need to come out of your own head to think that what you did was so horrible and so grievous that God would never forgive you of it. And that's not true. That's a lie from Satan. He wants you to stay stuck in your sins. He wants you to stay stuck in that unforgiveness. Listen, you got to forgive yourselves because let me tell you, there are some things that we have done that we, it's like, I can't believe that I've done this. God can't forgive me for this because I can't forgive myself. Listen, we got to come up out of that, okay? We got to come up, up out of that and where we can make amends for that wrongdoing, then we do that too. But no, don't stay stuck in that mindset and don't, and don't box Jesus in that mindset as well. He will forgive you. If that's the case, then he died for nothing. He went through all of that for nothing. If what you think, whatever you did, can't be forgiven for. So I say, come to Christ, lay down your sins, turn, turn back to God and he will return to you. And so with that, my people, I'm going to leave you with that short excitation. Turn, turn from your wickedness, repent of your sin and turn back to God. Until next time, I love you. I love you. Please, please come to Christ today. Lord willing, I speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank 
you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.